Welcome back. This is our seventh episode now of the Hello Hello Hour. How are you feeling about it so far? Seven. Seven is a really good number for me, I think. Is it? Is it lucky? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A blessed number. <laughs> a blessed number. <laughs> and it's weird to say that because our episode will be <laughs> kind of not so holy today. <laughs> Oh no, this is going to be a very nasty <laughs> video compared to our last so one. maybe very... that's not a nice introduction <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, this is a very blessed episode because uh, this is a two-parter actually. Um, the first half will be um, giving my Netflix uh, streaming recommendation and the second half, Christina will be giving her Netflix recommendations. And we just happen to be covering some very raunchy Netflix TV series on this blessed very seventh episode very nasty very nasty <laughs> this blessed seventh episode i like that let's let's yep. do this kia ora my name is patrick kamusta i'm christina and this is halo halo hour where a filipina and a kiwi who is also part filipino Discuss and review movies, TV series, books, and books adapted to screens. Enjoy the show! So yeah, um, I'm, I'll, give, I'll give mine first. This will be a um, just an overview and recommendation of a show on Netflix that I just uh, have finished watching. Two seasons have come out now. It's a um, Japanese... TV, um, Netflix TV series called The Naked Director and uh, this is very nasty and out of or out of the ordinary it's a Japanese semi-biographical comedy drama um, and it could be described as like the Japanese Breaking Bad have you seen Breaking Bad by any chance sorry no <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you got you got to get onto the Breaking Bad. But I kind of <laughs> I kind of have a teeny tiny information about it. That the just it's like a, a chemistry teacher who is like very straight laced, and then he gets cancer and turns into drug kingpin. Is essentially Breaking Bad. Yep. So this is like that, in essence. This, in essence, it's nothing to do with drugs. It's more to do with pornography. And it's mm -hmm. uh, a, it follows the character Toru Murunishi. Um, he is played by Takayuki Yamada, and he starts off as a salesman for encyclopedias uh, with a family of two children and a wife, and he lives with his mother. Uh, it's a very quiet life, and he's very bad at his job, and he he gets taught by an older representative in his company how to sell his encyclopedias and he gets sort of like a real um thrown into the deep end on how to do some real strong strong sales techniques he gets fired from his job <laughs> eventually but um he kind of falls into the world of pornography where a man um named toshi is selling recordings of sex tapes so this guy would put a microphone in the hotel room and record people having sex and sell those tapes to um to men who want to buy and listen to them <laughs> yeah but so that's the first just audio. recordings just no the audio video. and that and that's his first step into this 
So yeah, this uh, show um, has some very humble beginnings of a salesman and eventually goes gets drawn into the pornography industry and it kind of escalates from audio tapes which eventually go to magazines which turn into uh, videos and then well this series is set in the 1980s and 1990s so you actually see the beginning of videotapes and with the starting of videotapes that's when the pornography industry is booming and he gets very successful in that era where he's a director of pornography movies and is a distributor as well and uh it's a very twisted show he um he pulls upon his own sexual experiences such as um having sex with a widow and dressing up like the widow's husband dead husband and having sex with her while staring at the dead man's photo and then he would take that experience and put it into one of his pornography movies <laughs> so it's a very what? twisted <laughs> it's very it's it's uh, yeah and it really shows japanese culture um just the the extremes of the japanese um sexual sexuality and culture where, where there's um a lot of censorship in the pornography and that kind of makes the um just japanese men more horny maybe because they're all just lining up outside these magazine stores to buy these censored magazines and they're literally rubbing on the censorship with like mayonnaise to hopefully rub the censorship off and see what's underneath the um <laughs> censored wow. uh genitalia what? yep <laughs> it's so weird crazy. very crazy uh the first season is uh the first season's kind of crazy because you just see this man spiral. He's like initially very successful and then the rest of a season just gets worse and worse and you wonder how he's ever going to get back from this. And then it takes a turn. He becomes very successful. And the second season is more of like Boogie Nights. Have you seen the movie Boogie Nights by any chance? No. <laughs> no, okay. Anyway, Boogie Nights is like a, a pornography movie which stars Mark Wahlberg and Philip Seymour Hoffman and that covers the pornography Ooh. industry in the 90s where pornographers make a millionaires because they're selling VHSs and this is like a Japanese version of that where you see a man who's like at the top of just Japanese pornography in the second season and it's kind of like a really fast rise in power and he takes on the most powerful men in Japan which yeah and then there's also the Yakuza in there too and you see him, you see the Yakuza um, sort of influence, which is very dark. His friend Toshi gets drawn into that and some very, very gruesome, uh, <laughs> gruesome things of happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can only imagine. The porn stars in Japan appear to be as famous and recognized as any other actor or celebrity. You see um, the uh, main porn actress, actually, um, Ka uh, Kaoru Kuroki which is played by Megumi Sahara and she's a great actress in this. You can see how she was brought up with a very um, uh, conservative and conservative lifestyle. Her mother was very overbearing and that kind of made her want to express herself in the most um, sexual ways. And she eventually becomes Japanese, uh, Japan's most successful porn actress. And th this is, a, um, this is a, 
semi-true story. This is based on a true story, um, the Naked Director. Um, I've seen that there has been some controversies over the um, some of the uh, portrayals. portrayals, yep. But um, Karu Kuroki in the series, she's doing um, game show interviews, talk show interviews, and it's crazy to see that, yeah, this adult movie actress is just, yeah, going on TV, doing signings as if she's any other celebrity, and it seems very accepted in Japanese culture. Whereas, you know, you wouldn't see that here in New Zealand. You wouldn't see any adult actress on a morning <laughs> or a morning or talk show. <laughs> so um, yeah. it's sort of not a taboo. It's a thriving industry in, in Japan, even back then. Even back then, it's, I don't know, it's kind of both ways. It's a thriving industry where the actors and actresses appear to be celebrities but it's also very taboo because there's a heavy um heavy censorship in this where you can't show genitalia it has to be pixelated or censored you can't do penetration of um intercourse it has to be simulated intercourse and they literally have tape skin colored tape that they tape over the genitalia and the actors are just rubbing against each other simulating sex and one of the most controversial storylines in the Naked Director is that Murinishi, he wants to do everything real. He's a very dedicated artist and he wants to show sex, sex in its true form. So he shows penetration in a porn movie and he gets um, he gets lit over the, the fire of um, just legal battles and the police are after him. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of police corruption where in his early days of selling magazines he would pay the police magazines uh, pay the police off to sell his uncensored magazines because those are illegal you can't show genitalia and he was selling magazines that did that and he would be paying off the police in this it's very yeah it's kind of both ways it's like very accepted but taboo at the same time which is a bit weird so he lived in the island of Hokkaido. I'm probably butchering that. And Hokkaido. then he, Hokkaido. And I think it's Sapporo is where he um, was doing his magazine selling. And eventually once he becomes more successful and becomes a porn director is when he moves to Tokyo and starts mm. his um, Sapphire Studios. Uh, what's interesting about this show too is you get to see the progression of the characters um i really didn't like the main character he was very unlikable i kind of don't i still don't like him really it's the story is a, very interesting but the character himself is very just distasteful um corrupt uh he's not not honest but the characters around him are very innocent and enjoyable but it's by the end of the first season you really feel that it's a group family like um the whole team that work in sapphire studios are like very likable and i was quite surprised about that because i really didn't like uh Murinishi at the beginning and by the end it's kind of good that these um supporting characters are quite strong and at the very start you see their progression in the industry through food so they do their first porn um shooting and they're eating pig's feet because that's all they can ah. afford and then they and then they move up to miso soup and it's like then they move up to Ooh, korean like food and then they move up to like white food <laughs> so it's like <laughs> the, 
the, the more successful they're getting, the better their food is getting. And I thought that was a, like a funny portrayal just to see how. Wait. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I thought by the pig's foot you meant they're doing something sexual in there. That's why I said. No, that. they're eating, eating the pig's <laughs> feet. Eating. Okay. That's yeah. part of no. our <laughs> culinary too. So there's no yuck in there. Sorry, I thought it was something else. Well, it is yuck, isn't it? <laughs> well, we eat it. Oh, okay. Well, I know you don't want to judge. You always could never. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually the cast becomes a tight-knit family. And we, yeah, I really start to like the characters by the end of the first season. And the second season too, um, it kind of progresses. Um, so, okay, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I was mm-hmm. just going to clarify that Even though he's not really likable, the the director, um, he didn't really exploit or took advantage of his um, team. So he's he's not very likable. Are you asking if he takes advantage of his team? Yep, yep. Yep, so he does. It's he kind of takes a lot of his team for granted. It's like a bit of a tragedy what he does to his... um, his employees and in the second season him and Karu Kuroki are like um together and they always have been talking about revealing their true expression and not compromising on their artistic integrity and showing the true way and being honest and in the second season they're the most um dishonest people they just don't express their problems to each other they hold a lot of resentment and feelings towards each other and I'm just watching it going Jesus, just tell each other how you feel. But they're not doing that. They're just, you know, smiling at each other and being really passive aggressive. And it's just like, wow, they're always talking about expressing themselves. And yet they're just, they're doing it sexually, but they're not doing it uh, (laughs) uh, with their emotion, you know? They're not not connecting besides the things that they do in the bedroom. No. Is that it? Pretty much. But you said you you like the the close-knit family that they developed. Yes, I, I really liked the um, the team that he brought brought in. There's a guy named Rugby, and he's like this big buff um, Japanese guy who's quite, you know, a bit stupid, and they have this makeup artist who's this funny girl. It's a very, like, really good dynamic that they have. And as the company progresses and gets more successful, you get to see them grow, and that's, like, really nice to see um, those characters um, kind of developed too. Um, I've been watching this show as a dub, and I actually enjoyed it because I've been a bit lazy. I just can't be bothered reading sub- subtitles sometimes. So <laughs> I just, I just been watching the dub. But there's one episode where they go to Hawaii, and I had to switch it. I had to go to Japanese and have English subtitles because I'm watching it, and it's like they're all speaking English and. They um all the white people don't understand them, and I'm like, oh yeah, because they're speaking Japanese. So for that one episode, I had to switch it to Japanese so I could get the context of the <laughs> Americans not understanding them when they talk. <laughs> so how graphical is the show? Graphical to the point of not being an adult movie itself. So you get you see everything. You see genitalia. Oh. Uh, you you see. But you don't see penetration, I guess. You don't actually see porn. It's everything mm-hmm. is shown, but you don't see porn. So it's kind of on the line. 
of just <laughs> just before the line of porn. Yeah. And yeah, I would really recommend it. Um, my one of my friends uh, recommended it to me, and he's probably like one of the uh, one of the most deviant friends I have. So I kind of knew what I was getting into when he recommended this to me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad he did because I really enjoyed this show, and um, I hope there's a third season. Uh, the second season just got released this year, and the first season was two years ago. So. Maybe the third season will be um, the year, uh, you know, 2023, maybe. And I hope they get that. It seems interesting from what you just said. Although I don't think I'm ready for the <laughs> for the nature <laughs> of it. But very, very um, curious. I think it's a very interesting depiction of Japanese culture because they always seem to be very alien to me. <laughs> like they, really? they, you know, it's like such a unique society and like especially with the porn industry it's Mm -hmm. not you don't really see anything like this anywhere else in the world so i think it's quite fascinating and learning about their culture too i love japan and one day i want to go there but not for that (laughs) not to see that (laughs) no the the porn industry that's depicted in um the naked director it's very uh uninhibited in a way in terms of they sent like they just censor the genitalia, but everything else in the adult movies are just t- turned up to a ten in terms of like the taboo topics, uh, the situations. Just they'll cover any sort of like twisted uh, sort of what do you say situation like um, pornograph pornographic situation. They'll just explore any situation in that kind of way. But yet they won't show the genitalia, so it's. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're, they're like good or bad. I <laughs> don't that know. Make it's them good or bad. It's like the fact that they're just they think that they're censoring themselves with the genitalia allows them free reign on everything else. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that that might be the reason why it's so weird. But it's it is very fascinating actually, and yeah, this series is um shown over. Two, de- two decades, the 80s and the 90s. So you are seeing um, the development of Japanese culture as well, um, along with the porn industry. So that's mm. pretty interesting. Would be interesting to see how it actually evolved in the 21st century, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, season three, I hope, if it goes into the, the noughts, that'll be interesting to see the pornog- pornography um, industry progress through the internet if yeah. Muranishi uh, there's one thing to do with these biographical stories is to avoid Wikipedia because I well, I'm watching the naked director and then I look at Muranishi and Kaoru Kuroki in Wikipedia and I'm getting spoiled because <laughs> I see what happens later in their lives and I'm like oh no I can't do that I have to avoid Wikipedia if I want to <laughs> enjoy this show so that's one thing I need to teach myself uh, just what to avoid with biographical so are they are they still both alive as far as I know, but like once I saw that they are, and I saw a couple of things that were spoiled, I was like, "Oh no, I have to like no, no, no. turn it off." Because, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they're both still alive at the moment. Um, but I don't want to confirm that just in case. <laughs> <laughs> to sum it up, I would definitely recommend this to the listeners of anyone who was a fan of Breaking Bad and Bookie Nights, and anyone interested in Japanese culture. But if you are um, a bit hesitant with this sort of um, content yet yeah, content i i would understand stay away from it because it it doesn't it doesn't dip its toes into it it 
just jumps in the pool with this content. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you have to be prepared. So maybe uh, you should also be aware that if someone walks in on you while watching it, you would oh. probably... <laughs> Is that it? You would probably yeah. be um, branded as someone who watches porn in high noon. Yeah, if you're watching this <laughs> and there's a chance, if you just happen to be staying um, with your parents during the lockdown, um, you might want to make sure that you're not watching this in the lounge because it'd be the worst <laughs> thing for them to walk in and see. <laughs> According to your friend, it's it's a tip from your friend, not a personal experience yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it there yeah <laughs> okay so yeah that, that really thank you thank you for that um maybe the listeners who are looking for a new show would consider that yeah cool i hope so anyway christina what have you been watching okay i'm not really proud of it but okay let's let's go into it <laughs> I think Netflix is, has been recommending me these shows because I don't know what I'm watching. But okay, um, the show that I've been following for for almost two years is back now. It's called Sex Education. It's a it's a sex comedy that involves um, um teenagers, schoolers, but it's more of them developing or getting you know um discovering their sexuality so i think i'm starting there because i think that's the reason why netflix recommended me these shows because i saw this in like the recommendations or maybe it's in the title <laughs> i don't know and oh no maybe because I, I just remembered um so we're doing i am doing sex life and valeria so i think um sex life was among the top in the philippines top 10 when it came out like two, three months ago. And that's because there's a very detailed scene there that we Filipinos are not so used to when we watch um, <laughs> when we watch shows on Netflix. So maybe that's why. Or maybe they should also see the naked director to be um, very desensitized to these <laughs> scenes. <laughs> so this, first, can, you, can you hint at what the scene might be? About oh my gosh. What's in it. If you're excited for it, go to third episode. A few minutes into that, you will see a full frontal of someone who I didn't realize could have that size. I'm not watching anything or whatever. It's like, is that even real? And I think people over on Twitter were like asking themselves. And this actor came out and said, no. Nope, it's real, a hundred percent. Just to clarify. So wait, just to clarify. So wait, let me go back. No, I, I think I just went into it. So I wouldn't really dive into um, sex life that far because honestly, I couldn't get the... I couldn't just continue watching it after the third episode. Not, <laughs> not only because after that... <laughs> full frontal it just happened to be the episode with uh, <laughs> you were yeah, traumatized like, but anyway sex life is about um a suburban wife and mother um who takes a fantasy charge trip I'm, I'm reading the synopsis a fantasy charge trip down memory lane 
that sets her present on a collision course with her wild child past. So this girl, her name is Billy. She had an ex-boyfriend who's, and together they're very sexually adventurous. And then um, she married, a, what's the term for it? Straight-laced corporate guy, a very loving and devoted husband. But along the way, he just lost like the desire to have sex with her. And then this Billy tries to recount the encounters she had with her ex-boyfriend. And she would put them in her laptop with um first girl um learn how to put password <laughs> so very graphic very detailed um sexual encounters with her ex-boyfriend and then the husband saw this and of course she would he would be mad but um instead of confronting her um he upped his game which was which should have been good for billy because they're making love again but then billy just won't stop just like really girl <laughs> She would still fantasize about the ex-boyfriend and then um, actually the husband when he read the entries in her journal. He tried to recreate the sex, the sex, not scenes, but the encounters that they had, like doing it in the car, doing it in, in public or whatever, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I just couldn't really empathize with her because this woman understand that maybe postpartum because she just had her baby in the show at that time but i i just couldn't really wrap my head around the idea that here's a husband of yours that's really trying his best to um improve your relationship but you just can't get over your ex and all the things that you did together just that so yeah so she's not trying to get back together with her ex it's just that she's recounting the situation she oh, had with i'm her ex. sorry sorry for confusion the ex was trying to get back into her life yeah so he started calling her again and then reminding her of the times that they had so she started writing in her journal and then huh what's the What's what are the chances that they would reconnect after her <laughs> entries in her journal? Serendipity is this it? So anyway, he enters the scene again, and then there's just a play of "Don't you miss me? I know you miss me." And then they have like a common friend that eventually became like the bridge or whatsoever. It's just so. I think it's I don't know it's just so impossible it's not relatable and um the sex scenes are like I don't know <laughs> the, like uh not realistic I don't know I don't know how to describe it it's just that so after um, it, after episode 3 you were done sorry I'm done I really tried no. but no I couldn't um how I, long are the episodes 45 minutes 15 minutes mm. per episode and it's just like half of it is a fantasy sexual encounter like half of it and the story is like i don't know i just don't um understand why billy would make that decision i don't know be wrong but yeah and then from one problematic character to another problematic character (laughs) 
So I didn't finish that, and then Netflix maybe was like the Netflix algorithm was oh, here. Have a have a go with another raunchy raunchy TV series. So they recommended Valeria. This is like a Spanish sexy comedy set in wait is it Barcelona or Madrid? But anyway, um, I well very much like um Billy in a way. So we have our heroine here, Valeria, who's a writer. But um, she's having a writer's block, and then um, in doing her novel or trying—not doing, but more on like trying to finish her novel—she turns to her friends, her gal pals, and then eventually met this really hot, sexy dude who just inspired her to write an erotic novel. <laughs> but like Billy. This Valeria is actually married to another artist, um, a photographer of sorts. And there we go again. This um, married woman who entertained, became very flirtatious with this other guy. While the husband was really trying to, you know, he admitted that they have a rough patch. And he was really trying his best to, to win her back. But she was just go on flirting with the other guy it's just that for both these stories i feel like i just feel like cheating can't be really that sexy for me so i couldn't i don't have empathy for both of them do you do you get me just because of the yep. nature and of how they're dealing or where they're coming from and yet you didn't have empathy you didn't really like them as characters as well they weren't interesting enough to continue not really although the difference here in in um Valeria compared to Sex Life is I was really interested because um, I think this is my first time to watch a Spanish um, series so I'm uh, I, I like the setting the city um, I think it's a major factor for me and I like her girlfriends and their own sub stories their own subplots and um, I also like you I also watch it on dub but um, I hope that's just as sharp as in the original language but I also like very much the the dialogues the snappiness of each um, other characters so ha- snappy so she has three other friends there are four of them and you know I just realized I don't know if it's unfair or maybe it's deliberate on them that whenever we have four female characters in a TV series and each of them have their own issues, their family issues, career issues, and then their partnership, we, I think, at least for me, I immediately think of Sex and the City. And like, I don't know if that's fair or maybe they're doing it deliberately like this is the Spanish version of Sex in the City in the 21st century. But I got that. And she's also a writer. And we had Carrie in Sex in the City as a writer. Uh-huh. And then their relationships with yeah. men. But, and also Sex and in the City. And they have like a Samantha. Oh, yeah. But the Samantha. Like a very thirsty Samantha. <laughs> And, and a very Samantha conservative Charlotte. I know too much of Sex in the City, just to let you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does one of them check, have a baby check, like um, the other one? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. It, it feels like each character is like a hybrid of the four characters from Sex in the City. Like Lola is oh, okay. very Samantha, but she doesn't work in PR. And she has issues with her mother and um, 
she's sort of like not her baby but she has a younger brother she has to take care of so maybe that's the baby and then the pr girl here is like um her name's carmen she's like samantha very driven but she's very shy like charlotte so we we have like a hybrid sex in the city characters in valeria uh-huh. so yeah Just as um, good? um i don't know maybe not <laughs> I, oh, I really, okay. <laughs> really, I, I don't know. I'm not a prude. I don't think so. Maybe I am. I don't know. But it's just that, as I've said, I really couldn't um root for these characters just because they're coming from that phase of cheating. Although in the latter part of the episode, we understand Valeria, the main character, and why she grew out of love with her husband because apparently the husband was really not so supportive of her um of her career of her other endeavor of her um of something that she is really passionate about which is writing because she tried to do other jobs just to sustain both of them but um passion is her writing and then this husband was like trying to be practical like oh go take a guarding job She's a guard for a museum just so we can both, you know, get by with the pay. But the the husband wasn't really encouraging her. And this new guy that came into her life was like, you can write. I believe in you. You're very talented. So I would get that. But it's just that maybe not the having sex parts. Girl, you're still married. I don't know. That's just maybe I'm just too conservative with that. But in the end, I like, okay, sorry, I'm spoiling. But there's a cliffhanger because apparently, I didn't know this. There's already a second season. The show was first streamed in 2020 and then they came back for a second season this 2021. So I have yet to see the second season. I was so, so shocked when after the last um, episode for the first season, it migrated to the second season. I thought I'm done with the series. But I was so yeah. shocked. And I think I would still watch it. Just maybe um. You're gonna go to the second season. Yeah, I think I do, but maybe not as as regularly as I did with this because I watch it for like less than a week. Almost watch like one or two episodes a day, depending on availability. But yeah, um. But it was definitely entertaining. You were able to watch it every day. It was. You didn't give up after episode three on this one. This is less raunchy, I guess, with compared to to sex life. There are definitely scenes there we had um, exposures, but no frontal nudity. And um, so, what would you recommend? So, okay, sex life. What do you? What do you? What's your um, judgment? Well, if you liked Fifty Shades of Grey, sans the. <laughs> If you have bad taste. (laughs) You said that. If you like that, uh, go ahead. This is like overdramatic sexual fantasy. But the drama is just too much that you wouldn't be able to even enjoy the sex scenes. I don't know. And Valeria? So for Valeria, I think um, because besides the four ladies that we have, um, another character to it, I guess, is the city. So it's very nice to see a different 
you know, environment after being cooked up in your home for how many months. And this is like a very lively, very refreshing city. But if you have other things to watch, go for it. Go for those other things. This is just like when you have no other option, I guess. <laughs> oh. So your your recommendations, like a tippet, maybe check it out. Maybe, maybe check it okay. out, but don't not, expect not, too much from it. Okay, not very strong recommendation there. Yeah? yeah, not really. Well, thanks for sharing those uh, shows with us. I think I got the gist of uh, and the impression that I should stay away from them. definitely yeah and i hope that maybe one day you'll stumble across naked director and maybe give that a go oh we'll see we'll see you have to be in the mood for that i think you need to be in the raunt you need to be ready to see something that raunchy and just maybe after a few months because after valeria and sex life I'm. I think I could rest for my eyes to rest for those kinds of um, content for now. <laughs> yeah, watch something. Watch something innocent next. Yeah, like maybe Boss Baby or something. And that's a wrap for this episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to continue the discussion, we are now on Instagram and Twitter at Hello Hello Hour. Till our next one, paalam.